What are some things that you crave? For me, a stable podium without wind. <laughs> what are some things that you crave? For me, it's chocolate chip cookies. They are an absolute weakness. I am confident that I would have washboard abs and be sculpted if it wasn't for chocolate chip cookies. It doesn't matter what diet plan I go on. They just stare at me and make me go, you got to eat these. And especially when you from this church bring home made ones to Wednesday nights, I'm in trouble. I crave them all the time. They're my favorite. They're my kryptonite, if you will. And if you're like me and you've ever had a big box of cookies, what's the very next thing you have to have with it? Milk. Exactly right. There is no such thing as cookies without milk. In fact, only, in fact the only thing that could possibly trump cookies for me might be Oreos. And in college, I could eat an entire sleeve or two of those of milk and be fine. If I did that now, I'd be up all night with an upset stomach. But in college, I could literally sit there and eat them the way you eat popcorn watching movies. Even, not even gain a pound and not even break a sweat. It was awesome. And so now I have to settle for chocolate chip and I still have to watch the consumption of those because I don't want to stay up all night with a sore stomach. But I crave them. What are you craving? What have you been craving during this great pause? Most of us can't wait to get back to our favorite restaurant and have a sit-down meal of a particular one, right? And so anytime that we go on this, we take some sabbatical, we take a pause, we take a Sabbath, or we fast, and believe it or not, the whole country has been participating in a fast for two months, whether they realize it or not. That fast creates a longing for more, doesn't it? We want those things back. We want things back in our life. And so we crave things we cannot have. I crave Oreos. I should not eat them. But I want them. <laughs> well, Peter literally gives us a methodology or a way of thinking about our spiritual walk. And he uses the word crave in that passage too. So turn with me if you, if you have your Bible or on your phone or however you're accessing scripture this morning to 1 Peter chapter 2. And we're just going to read the first three verses. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and deceit, Hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every evil, every kind. Slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So Peter leads off with a therefore. <laughs> and that always means he said something before this that we ought to take into consideration. And he has said, therefore, since you are now holy... Since you have now purified your life with faith, he says that in the earlier chapters, since you have purified yourself and become holy because of faith, because of what Christ has done for us, you have become holy. Therefore, 
put away these things. Then he says, crave spiritual, pure spiritual milk. So maybe Peter's had cookies. I don't know. But he says, crave pure spiritual milk, which begs an incredible question of what that is. And why would he talk about it as being cravings? But then he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste that the Lord is good. In other words, once you have tasted pure faith, once you have tasted the righteousness of Christ, once you have been made holy and seen that the Lord in your life is good, do these things. And he uses as a basis of it this idea of craving. And so there's, there are a couple of things that I want to draw out about craving. He, he clearly has Psalm 34, 8 as a backdrop to what he's saying. Since you have tasted that the Lord is good, he says in verse 3, right? Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So he leaves the see part out, except that he's talking about craving. And so when we look for things... When we crave something, we seek it out, do we not? It's like, you go to the fridge, is the milk in here to go with the cookies? Because you can have a whole bag of cookies, and if you have no milk, it's just disappointing. <laughs> right? And so, when we crave something, we seek it out, we pursue it, we go after it. And so Peter says, since you have tasted that God is good, now seek him out, crave him, crave pure spiritual milk. Now that you've had the spiritual cookies, go get the milk. <laughs> but he uses the analogy of a newborn baby in this passage. And it's Mother's Day. And if you're a mom, you know that babies crave milk constantly. We had conversations about whether or not Matthew was addicted to milk. Okay? We still have conversations about whether Matthew is addicted to milk. Because if I get him a cup, cup of chocolate milk, the world is okay. He could be doing a million different things, but if he has chocolate milk, life settles down. And so there's this deep longing element that has to go with our spiritual life. Since we've been made holy by faith, then our life should be filled with craving after God. So I want to talk about three ways that craving affects our spiritual life. The way desire formats the way we follow Jesus. The first one is this. Our craving for spiritual milk ought to be instinctive. The newborn baby doesn't know why they're crying. They just know they're missing out on milk. And so it's hardwired into them. It's time to eat. And they are going to let you know that every two hours, 24 hours a day. It's instinctive. It's hardwired into who they are. So this craving pure spiritual milk in a sense, is part of who we are if we claim to be a follower of Christ. Once the Holy Spirit has entered our life, once we have been purified by the righteousness of Christ, once we have been made holy, therefore, Peter says, we ought to instinctively seek after the things of God. That once we've tasted and seen that Jesus is good, inside of us is an instinctive desire to seek to taste and to see both. And the more we taste, the more we ought to grow and be even more demanding on us until, until we just reflectively, insti reflexively, instinctively go, I need more. I need more. I haven't had enough Jesus. 
I need more. Give me more grace, God. Give me more gospel, God. Give me more actual church assembly in a sanctuary, God. I need more. And it's hardwired into who I am as a follower of Jesus. Our body lets us know when we're hungry. It's instinctive. I'm addicted to food. I have to have food to survive, <laughs> right? I have to have a measure of grace. I have to experience God's presence. I have to pursue him to function and to live in the same way that we all have to have food. It's part of us. It's part of our nature now that we are therefore holy and followers of Christ. In the same way that the spirit lets us know that we are craving for spiritual milk and our desire is instinctive, our desire should be eager. You know, I think back to when I was a middle schooler in church life, youth group life, um, raised church life, and there was lots of times where I didn't really care to go to church. It didn't mean that I didn't love Jesus. There were particular days where I'm just like, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm just not there today. And maybe you've experienced that. Maybe not even as a teenager. Maybe you're thinking, really, I got to go park in my car to go to church. I mean, there are those days where we just kind of go, yeah, I'm just not really in a Jesus-y kind of mood, right? But if we've got this instinctive drive for pure spiritual milk, and we are holy as he is holy, then crave, our cravings for God ought to be eager as well. We should want to. It shouldn't have to go to church or I have to read my Bible, or I have to fill in the spiritual discipline, it ought to be, I get to. I get to worship. I get to have a relationship with the creator of the universe. I get to hear from his scriptures. This is a blessing. This is grace. This is an opportunity that God has made available for me. It's a blessing. It's something I should be eager to do, especially if I call myself a follower of Jesus. If I, and that's not a shame on you if a particular morning you don't feel eager. It's just that as we develop this craving and as we shape our desires, we have to remember this is something we get to do. Now, I will, I'll point out that lots of us would love to be in an air-conditioned sanctuary right now worshiping. Or maybe it's just nice outside. Either way. But we've missed joining each other in the sanctuary for months now. Right? And so I guarantee you that when the announcement comes that we're having church in the sanctuary on Sunday, most of us are going to wake up and go, I get to go to church. Right? That's eagerness. That's not, oh man, now i got to go sit on a pew. I get to go to church. Now what has heightened that desire? to be in a building besides 75 degree heat. <laughs> Our absence from being has created a craving to be there. And so when we don't in the life of Christ, when we move in the other direction, there is something in us, especially if our desires are, and I believe Holy Spirit driven instinctive, then there is something the Spirit does inside of us that makes us long for pure spiritual milk too and makes us eager for it. When it's absent, 
there is something in us that lets us know we're missing it. If you've ever taken one of those spiritual hiatuses from church where you're like, yeah, I'm just going to not do church for a while. Maybe you did this in college. A lot of people do. And then your life is cruising along. You think you got it figured out. And runs off the rails a little bit and goes a little wonky. And you're like, what is, I don't understand what I'm missing, but I know I'm missing something. That is the Holy Spirit who is not going to let you go of your cravings for God. That is the Holy Spirit who is drawing you back to the spiritual food and milk that your soul needs. That is a prompting from the Holy This is not about try harder, be more eager for church, be more eager for disciplines. This is a work of the Holy Spirit inside of you. We call it grace. God's grace and then God's grace draws you on to perfection in this life. And when you run off the rails and you stop spiritually feeding on milk for a while, the Holy Spirit goes, time to go back. Why? Because you belong to him. He's not going to leave you alone. And when he's in your life, he is going to cultivate that desire to be like him. He's going to build it within you and you're going to crave it. Like you've just had a big old bag of Chips Ahoy chocolate chip cookies. You're going to long for the Holy Spirit. You're going to long for the presence of God when you run the other direction for a while. But let's not run in the other direction. This is what Peter is saying. He says, now that you are holy, put off evil desires. Put off hypocrisy. Put off deceit. Put off envy. It's a, it's a, the, the phrasing in there, this put off idea has the take, change clothes metaphor to it. Does that make sense? Like I take off my old clothes and Paul uses other places, take off the old self and put on the new. It was almost a, an inside church phrase, take off their old life and put on the new. And so Peter says, therefore, now that you belong to him, therefore, now that you are holy, Take off this old stuff and cultivate a desire for pure spiritual milk. And he uses the newborn analogy. It's at 3 a.m. It has to be fed in that moment. <laughs> and it cannot be refuted. It cannot be turned from. It has to be fed or you won't get any sleep. You still won't. <laughs> but the way that has to be cultivated responded to is the same thing as the Holy Spirit drawing inside of us. We, are, we can't help but respond and be eager. And just as we should eagerly desire spiritual milk, that craving for spiritual desire has to be nurtured too. Now, it's, no, this is Mother's Day. We love all moms, right? Hey, there, I got an amen on that one. <laughs> we love all our moms, right? What's the mom's primary job? Primary job to nurture us as we mature, right? To care for us, to provide for us, to take care of us. I asked Matthew, "What's your favorite thing about mom?" She takes care of me, right? It's a mom's job to nurture. 
but she doesn't she doesn't let Matt she doesn't let the kid decide how or what they're going to feed themselves with if Matthew set our menu at home we'd be eating chicken nuggets until we turned into one right if you let the five-year-old in your house set the menu what will you eat Matthew asked me when I talked about this at home, I said, if I had had complete control of the menu, every meal would have been McDonald's. That's not healthy. <laughs> That's not going to nurture my body, right? That's not going to carry me forward. And so as we are growing spiritually, as we are craving the things of God, the work of the Holy Spirit in our life is very similar to the works of the moms and, our, and the dads in our world, for that matter. We don't just let them nurture themselves and themselves when they don't know what's best for them. What does mom do? No, you're going to eat your vegetables and you're going to like it. Right? <laughs> she makes some decisions and puts some opportunities in front of Matthew to eat that he has to choose that. Right? She's Moms are nurturing. The Holy Spirit is going to nurture our spiritual development. It is not completely up to us. If it was, we would not choose the right things to fill ourselves with either. Big problem, right? It's not just that we need to eat. This is a part of spiritual cravings. It is what we fill ourselves with that does matter. Peter says, crave pure spiritual milk. Peter says, crave pure spiritual milk. Pure. Not wasted. Not distorted. Not bad for you. What It does matter what we put into our spiritual development if we're going to develop a spiritual maturity. That's what he says. That's what he says the reason for it to be is. Crave spiritual milk so that you can be mature in Christ. So when we consume... God, when we instinctively pursue Him, when we eagerly pursue Him, and the Holy Spirit guides our maturity, then we are able to taste and see that the Lord is good. Cultivating our souls so that we crave the things of God, guiding our steps so that we are sustained and ultimately brings us a spiritual maturity because of our faith in Christ, not because of our own ability to create desire. If I was really, really, if it was really, really up to me, what would I eat every meal? Chocolate chip cookies and milk. Okay. <laughs> what would I look like? What would I feel like? Left to our own devices, what happens to our spiritual life? What happens to our soul? If it's totally up to us, if it's totally up to our own effort, what would happen to our spiritual abs? <laughs> Right? What would our body feel like? What would our soul feel like if we if it's completely up to our own effort? It's not. Any more than growing up is not done apart from mom or the parents who nurture us. Our spiritual growth does not happen without the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Thank goodness it's not up to us. In fact, you could argue that our moms give us a crystal clear picture of the Holy Spirit. The 
way our moms care for us and nurture us gives us a relational picture of the Holy Spirit at work in our life. Our moms, our, par- our parents, those who raised us and nurtured us and cared for us, whether we like it the way they do it or not, and we don't always like it, <laughs> give us a crystal clear picture of the Holy Spirit. And maybe those same moms will even give us some milk and cookies too. But they guide and they nurture and they care and they direct. And so does the Spirit of God. If we call ourselves followers of Jesus. The grace is not up to us. The gospel is, it's not up to us. It's actually the work of God in us. That cultivates a desire for pure spiritual milk that is instinctive, that is eager, and that is nurtured so that, as Peter puts it, we can grow into maturity and taste and see that the Lord is good. Let's pray. Gracious God, we call upon you and we give you praise because you are the one who nurtures and cares for us. You are the one that has drawn us to you and given us the opportunity to follow you, to display our faith in you, to display our love for you. And we give you praise because we also acknowledge that none of that is possible apart from you at work nurturing us. God, for those listening online, for those here this morning, give us an instinctive, eager, and nurtured desire for pure spiritual milk so that we can become who you've created us to be. In Christ's name, amen. Receive this benediction, and when this benediction is over, I will have a box over there for offering as you go. A box. These checks down 5031 today. (laughs) All right. Thank you for coming out. Join us on Mondays. Join us on Wednesdays. Hug your parents. Love on your moms. And remember that it's the Holy Spirit that nurtures you too. Receive this benediction. God, as you go this week, may God call on you. May God cover you in his grace. May he develop in you an undeniable craving for pure spiritual milk. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.